live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. Great afternoon and welcome. How are you? Wherever you are, thanks so much for making us a part of your afternoon as we come to you each and every day here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's a middle of the week Wednesday, hump day, March the 9th, the year 2022. My main man, James Mesh, inside the production suite in the game studios with all the buttons and all the levers. He's making sure everything runs hunky dory. Yours truly here, Studio 1A, and away we go. Now we shift from NIL, name, image, likeness, to NOA, notice of allegations. It wasn't a question of if, it was a question of when. And now the when has been answered by everyone but LSU, who has made no comment whatsoever on the report from Sports Illustrated's Pat Forty that LSU received a notice of allegations regarding It's men's basketball program. Wasn't a question of if, it was a question of when. And now it is. And we'll delve into this. This this thing has been going on forever and ever and ever in a day. The main thing to remember is, quote, the contract amendment made when Will Wade was allowed to come back and coach the LSU basketball team. He took a pay cut, and he also had to sign off on an addendum in verbiage in his contract. And that verbiage says, if the NCAA Committee on Infractions issues a formal notice of allegations of a level one or level two violation to LSU involving coach, LSU shall have cause to terminate coaches' employment, whether such claims are pursuant to the agreement or otherwise. In other words, LSU can fire Will Wade with cause simply for receiving what apparently they have already received. And now it just becomes a question of Scott Woodward and Will Wade. What is their relationship? Where do we go from here? You've heard it ad nauseum time and time again. This thing's been going on for four or five years. Will Wade is still coached through all this. And now it's just a question of what does Scott Woodward want to do? 99.9% of athletic directors love to hire their guy. Will Wade was hired by Joe Oliva. Scott Woodward's already had a football coach hired. He's already had a baseball coach hired. He's had a women's basketball coach hired. What's he going to do on the men's side? The best thing that Will Wade could possibly do, possibly do, is win 
and win and win and win some more and keep this season going as long as he possibly can. They open up SEC tournament play tomorrow against the winner of Ole Miss and Missouri who played today. Regardless of what happens in the SEC tournament, how far can Will Wade and the Tigers go in the NCAA tournament? The more he wins, the more the court of public opinion resonates and surrounds Will Wade. Plain and simple. But that FBI wiretap in 2017 with Will Wade addressing agent Christian Dawkins discussing a, quote, strong but offer for Javante Smart. And I'm just using the PG version of it. The other thing that happens, and remember, Christian Dawkins recently reported to federal prison in Alabama to begin serving that 18-month sentence on bribery and conspiracy charges. What makes this so interesting is LSU did everything in their power to distance football from basketball. But the NCAA wouldn't allow it. They put both of them together. Remember the football with the father, uh, a booster, um, paying the father of a player for a, quote, no-show job. And then there was Odell Beckham Jr. hanging out, handing out the cash to LSU players on the floor of the Superdome after the national championship win. LSU self-imposed a bowl ban and scholarship reductions in 2020 in response to those violations. Now, the self-imposed bowl ban was a joke, right? LSU was, what, three and five? I mean, who can't? Yeah, yeah, we don't want to go to a bowl with a team that's this bad, but that's what they did. So, and I'll talk with Scott Rabelais of The Advocate about this here in a few minutes. Um, LSU will allow basketball to fall on the sword to protect the almighty power of football. I have no ifs, ands, buts, or maybes about it. They will sacrifice a Will Wade to keep the football team unscathed. It's too much money to be made, too many tickets sold, too many opportunities. It's just my opinion. We will see uh, what happens. This LSU has a couple of weeks now to respond to this. And then the NCAA will respond to that. Blah, 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 blah. It's going to go on a while. And what's so ironic and so, so um, obvious is the timing of this. Why did it come out now? Boy, the NCAA has a sense of humor. Right when tournament season begins, boom. So now we'll wait everywhere he goes. Everything he does will be under the spotlight of this investigation and this notice of allegations could they have waited till after the sec tournament after the ncaa tournament why not they waited four or five years for it what's another month gonna do (laughs) what's another month but that's not how they think it's just absolutely amazing and mind-boggling to me they don't care they just don't care all right we'll delve into that with scott rabelais here in just a minute, the, the um, Pelicans ran into a buzzsaw 
my goodness gracious, if the Memphis Grizzlies play like that the rest of the way, they're going to come out of the West and play in the NBA Finals. They could not miss. They One play summed it all up. John Morant early on in the first quarter trying to make a move to the, to the basket, dribbles the ball off of a, a Pelican's defender's foot. The ball goes into the backcourt. John Morant chases it down, comes into the front court, shot clock on his back, and lets one go from about 35 feet minimum. Nothing but net. I mean, from just inside half court, nothing but net. I just threw my arms up and said, this, this baby's over. We got no shot. Ali Cassell will join us to talk about that. Uh, the Players' Championship in golf. You can call it what you may. But when you have that many of the world's top-ranked players playing with that iconic hole number 17, the island hole that people love to see, and it shows that pros are are human, they hit it in the drink uh, an awful lot. Uh, Tiger Woods going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame tonight, and what the heck's going on with Phil Mickelson? What? Alex Myers from Golf Digest will join us at 3 o'clock to talk about all of that. In the NFL, another move today. Carson Wentz is uh, is moving from the Indianapolis Colts to the Washington Commanders for a package of picks. So Aaron Rodgers stays put. Russell Wilson goes from Seattle to Denver. And now Carson Wentz is traded from Indianapolis to Washington. Uh, Chris Roseverglue will go over that. And is this even more indication that the Saints and Jameis Winston are um, in for it because apparently the New York Giants are making a run at uh, Mitchell Trubisky, the former Bear, back up now to the Buffalo Bills. They're making a run for him. So everybody wants a quarterback, including the New Orleans Saints. And then Michael Huguenin will join us. It's tournament time. We've got games going on left and right. We'll handicap the SEC basketball tournament and all of that. So that's what's in store for you and yours today. Um, Not a question of if, a question of when, and when is stunning right now when the tournament is about to begin. Holy cow. Speaking of the tournament, are you ready to feel the excitement of the conference championships like never, ever, ever before? Turn your team's victory into your own big win with DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, huh, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet 5 bucks on any college hoops team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. So if they win, you win with promo code 1037GAME. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. We'll take our first time out of the day. We'll delve a little bit deeper into this notice of allegations levied against Will Wade and the LSU basketball program. LSU, the ball is in your 
your corn. What you gonna do now? Scott Rabelais, the advocate, joins me to discuss that and more after this timeout on the Jordy Humpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, brought to you by Cajun Chef. It's the best hot sauce on the planet. Do yourself a flavor. Try Cajun Chef's hot sauce. Woo-woo! It makes everything taste a whole lot better. We'll be right back. They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip, and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the Blonde Bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we welcome you back 17 minutes after the hour. My next guest and I, we've been around uh, LSU for quite some time. We've seen some some crazy things. We've seen some unbelievable things. And now we've seen this, where it's not a question of if, it was a question of when, and the shoe dropped. And LSU received their notice of allegations from the NCAA uh, regarding men's basketball and coach Will Wade. Scott Rabelais, uh, terrific, terrific columnist, for the advocate joins us now, Scott. Um, here we go again, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well, Jordy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, timing is everything. Is this a, is this just a, a a warped sense of humor by the NCAA to do it yet again right here? I mean, they've waited three or four years for this, and here they go again. Right when the tournament's about to start. They let the hammer down. What, is that, what kind of sense of humor is that? No, I, I don't think it's a sense of humor. I think it's uh, vindictive, uh, quite frankly, on yeah. the NCAA's part. I think it's, I think it's very intentional. Uh, it's, um, you know, someone leaked the information to Pat Forty from SI. I would imagine it's from the NCAA. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, the, Will, Will Wade has uh, thumbed his nose at the NCAA for the, last, uh, for the past few years. Uh, they, they don't like him, and they, uh, you know, whether you think that's good or bad or indifferent, and uh, they they want him uh, they want him out of there. And so, uh, yeah, if it's if it uh, if it affects LSU on the eve of the postseason, so be it. Uh, I think it's from the NCAA's perspective. Yeah. So now the ball really is in LSU's court, and Scott Woodward, um, is this the beginning of the end? I mean, they have, uh, if, if according to the contractual amendment that was made, if they receive um, allegate, a notice of allegations, level one, level two, and I, I've got to believe through all this time and all this research, they're not going to come up with a level three, four, or five. Uh, this has got to be a serious nature. The, the ball's in Scott Woodward's court now. It, it is. Uh, you know, we don't know what the... What the uh, what level the allegations are, right. but uh, you would imagine after all this time, it's going to be something fairly significant, and uh, yeah, it's it's something that would rise to the level of of um, LSU being able to execute the part of Will Wade's contract that says he could be fired us if LSU allegations it doesn't have to, but they can, and uh, you know, it, it's my opinion, and strictly my opinion, it's not something Scott Woodward has told me. Just listen to the way he's talked about. Over the years, I don't think uh, I don't think he's totally in Will Wade's corner, and I think he's uh, if it comes to that, I think he's going to um, I think he's going to let him go, and he wouldn't have to pay him anything. 
and they can fire him for cause, and then uh, Woodward can try to make another big, big splash hire, as he's done three other times in the past year. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll steal a quote from your article, Scott Woodward, back in April of 2019, when asked about Will Wade and with all the surrounding circumstances, quote, he is our coach and has our support and backing, and it will be that way until it is not. I hope he is our coach for a long time, but things change and minds change. Uh, we could go around and around for hours and hours, but right now he is our basketball coach. Scott Woodward grew up in a political world, and boy, he's right on that fence line. He's not going left. He's not going right. He's going right down the middle, and he's not committing one way or the other. That's that's not a positive if I'm, not, if I'm in the Will Wade camp. No, it's not. Yeah, Scott is, uh, as you said, comes from a political background. He uh, he doesn't say anything he doesn't mean. He doesn't say, you know, catch him anything he doesn't want to say. Unlike his predecessor, Joe Oliva, who could sometimes, you know, go off and say things that uh, got he got him in trouble. Scott yeah. Woodward doesn't, and and I think uh, I think he, he it's telling. It is telling. I think I think comments like that encapsulate his feelings about. About Will Wade and the, you know, the the problems he's created for 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 this athletic department and this university. Look, he, he to this point, he can, you know he really can't do anything with Will Wade. He's been winning. He's been recruiting well. He's been been popular, and uh, you know brought a consistent level of success that hasn't existed uh, for a long time with LSU basketball. But uh, you know, there's that other price to be paid, and I think Scott Woodward. You have to think. I've hired Kim, just at LSU, not to mention what he's done in previous stops. I've hired Kim Mulkey. I've hired Jay Johnson. I've hired Brian Kelly. I could do the same with men's basketball if it if it came to it. So I don't think he has any compunction right. about, about that part of it. And I don't think we give it enough credit or enough uh, – what, what's the proper word? Well, I'll just use credit or value into LSU President William Tate – and what his feelings are about this, he said he expects Woodward to, quote, execute the contract when it comes to Wade's tenure and any potential NCAA allegations. I don't think William Tate fools around with anything. And that's just another um, kind of nail in the coffin, in my opinion. Yeah, William Tate is, is big in the sports. You see him at a lot of sporting events. You see yeah. him at at men's basketball games, women's basketball games, gymnastics meets, uh, certainly football games. Uh, he, 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 he's one guy who, as Mark Kimber, I think we used to say, uh, regards athletics as the front door to the university, and he wants them to succeed, but he wants them to succeed in a way that doesn't um, cause any problems for the university. And I think, uh, uh, you know, with all of the off-the-field, off-the-court issues LSU's had, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, uh, that have been kind of dumped in we tape lap. Uh, he doesn't need any more any more issues. So if, and then of course there's also this thing, Jordy. We, you can't forget the the issues with the NCAA wanting to link the right. the uh, the football situation with, the, with yeah. the money going to the booster from John Paul Funes and the Odell Beckham thing, which I think is smaller potatoes. I mean, yes. <laughs> you know, given players' money in the locker room after the national championship game. But uh, I think I think the NCAA, is, again, it's just my opinion, has tried to, to lean on LSU and think, well, maybe some of this will go away if Will Wade goes away. So I think that's a factor there as well. 
I believe that as well. And I believe LSU will kindly um, let LSU basketball and Will Wade fall on the sword to protect football. It's just too much of a moneymaker. Um, and you don't want to bring in a new coach and have that hanging over him from the get-go. So I firmly, firmly believe that as well. Here's the, here's the caveat. What if Will Wade all of a sudden catches, catches lightning in a bottle and this team starts winning and winning and they keep advancing and keep advancing? And what if they get to the Elite Eight? Then what happens? Yeah, I don't. I don't think anything's going to happen right away. I was asked on another show today. You know, what do you think is the, um, you know, what, what do you think the near future holds for Will Wade? You know, remembering that he was suspended for the for the 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 end of the season and the, the postseason in, back in 2019. And I, I think this this thing has dragged on so long. I think LSU is going to, for lack of a better term, let the legal system play out. Absolutely. I don't think uh, Will Wade's in Tampa right now, coaching the team, getting ready to play tomorrow in the SEC tournament. And uh, I would suspect he'll, he'll coach there, and I suspect he'll coach them in the NCAA tournament next week, and we'll right. see what happens. But you're you're right. If they get to the, if they, they you know they make a, another strong run in the SEC tournament, and they you know they're. they're you look at bracketmatrix.com, they're, they're all, you take all the bracket predictions across the country. LSU is listed as the highest-rated six seed. So it wouldn't yeah. take much for them to bump up to a five seed. I don't know if they can get to a four, but let's say they, let's say they win a couple of games and they get to a five, you know. Yeah. And then uh, you have an upset, you know. You, you beat the 12 team. That's always a dangerous game, but you win that game. Then you beat the four. Then you're in the second weekend, and there's an upset that happened in your path, and you take out. A, you only have to take out a you know a 15 yeah. seed or whatever. You know, yeah. yeah. Then then all of a sudden, yeah, you're in the elite eight. So that becomes a very interesting question. And then and then the, the you'll you'll have to deal with the public sentiment, the fan yeah, sentiment exactly. that will will be back in Will Wade's corner again. So that could be very interesting. I I personally think that. Handicapping the LSU basketball is going to win one, lose one in, in Tampa, and they're going to win one, lose one in the NCAA tournament. But it's not beyond the realm of possibility that we that we see them make the, this team make some kind of run. The you know the nineteen and three with the current starting lineup with Xavier Pinson in there. So you know it, it's it's not though it's not too strange to think that that could happen. And Will Wade won't be asked one question about basketball by people outside of uh, Baton Rouge media. He'll be asked questions about <laughs> the notice of allegations. So well done, NCAA. You, you got your knife and you twisted it in there. And uh, just amazing to me. We will see. We will see. Uh, Scott Rabelais, thank you, my friend. Always great talking to you. Um, I think we're both on the side of um, the pendulum is swinging in favor of Will Wade not being the head basketball coach next season. If you made us make a bet on DraftKings right here, right now, would that be accurate? Yes, I would say that would be accurate. Not 100%. I don't think anything's 100% right. with, with this case. Right. Uh, I, I know Will Wade has seemed very um, – he, if he's worried, he doesn't He doesn't seem to show it. No. He's done a very good job, job with that. <laughs> yes. uh, but, um, yeah, if, if you had to ask me, is he, is he or someone else going to be – uh, the head, I don't know who that would be. Yeah, they're going to be the head right. coach of that first game next season. I'd have to go with somebody else at, at this point. Scott, you're the best. Thanks for your candidness and your honesty on this and we and for your time, man. Uh, appreciate it. Keep up the great work. Love reading your stuff each and every day for The Advocate, man. Take care. Jordy, you're very kind. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You got it. Scott Rabelais of The Advocate. All right. The Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores and the game 
1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Pulse Malone, Halsey, and Megan D. Stallion, just to name a few. That's Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in Gulf Shores, when VIP pisses from, uh, passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. We'll be back. Pelicans, Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights next on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Uh, Last night, the Pelicans with an opportunity going into Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. Um, Pelicans without Brandon Ingram. They're 2-12 and 12 without him in the lineup. Uh, the Grizzlies, led by John Morant and company, just blew the Pels out of the water. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights joins us. Ali, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good afternoon. As you can see by my attire, though, I'm a little cold. Yeah, right? I, so that warm temperature is now today. It's, just, it's been awful. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Crazy. How are the Memphis Grizzlies 12-2 and two without John Morant? What does that tell you? They're a good team, right? Yes. That, that, that's a team that's been trending upwards, and people didn't really take note of them until this year. I'll tell you what, after watching them last night, and it's not just based on last night, I'm almost tempted to make them the favorites coming out of the West. I'm because when you. is Chris Paul going to come back? And, and every other team's got question marks. But Memphis, as you just mentioned, even without John Morant, wait till they get Dylan Brooks back. But I love the way they play with that attitude, that confidence. You know, you got to love them. Who's this Desmond Bain? Where did he come from? It's unfortunate, but yeah, he came out of TCU, right? Wow. But nobody, nobody wanted to draft him. I think he went thirtieth. So yeah. every team pretty much passed over him. And boy, wouldn't it have been great to grab him, right? Man, what a what what a player! What a scorer! Knocking down threes like crazy. Memphis hits on their picks, right? I mean, that's yeah. nothing we know. Yeah, they got John Morant, but look at everybody else. I love Brandon Clark. Um, and, and then you just go up and down, right? Zaire Williams is showing something this year. They took them, uh, took him 10th in this past draft, where Pelicans took uh, Trey Murphy 17th, and everybody knows, of course, Herb Jones 35th. Yeah. All right, we talked before, and, and we were looking at this three-game stretch on uh, with the Jazz at home, the Nuggets on the road, and the Grizzlies on the road. And, and I think we both agreed two out of three would be unbelievable. One out of three would be probably a little bit realistic, Boy, they they almost they should have had two out of three. The Denver game is one that's going to really stick in their claw for a while, but uh, but not so bad. Which but which, which makes it so critical now because you've got the Magic at home, the Hornets at home, the Rockets at home, the Suns at home. You got a chance here. Of course you do. I mean, you're trailing the Lakers uh, by one and a half games for ninth. And they've been reeling. They Every time they seemingly win a game, then they go and drop a couple. Yeah. So they're very catchable. And I don't think anybody sitting behind the Pelicans is going to catch 
them for 10th if they remain in 10th. Portland's, you know, they're tanking the season. Spurs can't figure things out. And it's not really even worth talking about anybody else, right? Right. But, yeah, Jordy, this schedule coming up, they've got to take advantage because that Denver game, they had it. They were up 11 points with three and a half minutes to go. And I know Nikola Jokic was superhuman, but he's been fantastic in every matchup against the Pels this year. They just needed to execute a little bit better. Heck, just make a couple of free throws, and that's a W. Who's your MVP in the league if, if it ended right here, right now? Would it be Jokic or would it be um, Embiid? Would it be Morant? I mean, who is it? I think last time we talked, we were both very supportive of uh, Joel Embiid, and I, yeah. I think I still largely am. But I'll tell you what, what Jokic has done, when you look at who's around him Dude. compared to who Embiid has had, right? Embiid, even though he just got James Harden, he had Seth Curry. He's got Tobias Harris. I mean, the best that Jokic has had is Aaron Gordon, who's really not a scorer, and just a bunch of role players. So I hate to say it. I'm leaning now maybe towards Nikola Jokic, just for the fact that Denver's trending wow. up, right? I think they're 12 games over 500. Yeah. And he looks like the best player in the league right now. They've won three in a row, the Timberwolves. I don't think people want to play the Timberwolves come playoff time. And Luca, whatever happened to Luca, he is – because the Mavs have won five in a row and he's playing otherworldly now. Yeah, the top six in the West have definitely solidified themselves. And you're right to mention Minnesota because they're not that far behind. But, but they're just not going to catch Denver or Dallas. You just don't see it, yeah. even though they're playing well. But it's good to see, right? Finally, Minnesota yeah. fans have something to jump around about. Carl Anthony Towns is no longer stuck on a bad team. But when they're healthy, when he's out there with Anthony Edwards and DeAndre Russell, that's a formidable trio. So yeah. you got to like their chances of definitely getting into the playoffs, right? They just got to win one game in the playing tournament. They'll play whoever's likely going to be in eighth is going to be the Clippers. But if they don't win that, then, of course, they'll have another chance. But like I said, they're going to likely grab that seventh seed. Man, I was hoping Valanciunas would have had a great game, but it seems like Steven Adams is his kryptonite. Don't you get that feeling? He, For some reason, when he plays against his old team and Adams plays against his old Adams just beats him up. Steven's a brute. He really <laughs> I mean, is. Let's, let's just, yeah, be frank. Both of the last two matchups, Valanciunas wasn't able to get any kind of positioning against Steven Adams. And that's what you got to do. But yeah. Steven does such a good job. And we saw that here in New Orleans, right, last season. I won't forget that game against the Philadelphia 76ers where he really, you know, shut down Joel Embiid. The right. Largely right. the best center in the league. So that's a tough matchup, but somebody else needed to step up, you know, because usually Valanciunas is good for, you know, a 20 and 10 night or something yes. along those lines. Yes. One of those, one of those nights, you just got to flush that one away because Memphis was just, they just knocked down everything, particularly that first quarter. It was just ridiculous. Um, court of public opinion swayed Zion and his handlers because uh, apparently he's coming back to the team. Well, what's going on here? Yeah, Zion is going to be there tonight. First game on the Pelicans' sideline since early December. Wow. It's going to be good to see, right? Wow. He, he got back into town, I want to say, about three or four days ago now, and he's going to continue his rehabilitation here. And while I wish I had better news on that front, it sounds like he's still kind of a far ways away. We're hoping that he can maybe get in like the last five games or so of the regular season, but – you know, he's not even doing one on one on oh or anything like yeah. that on the court. You know, it's partial weight bearing, hoping to get the full weight bearing. So he's a long ways off. But like I said, he's back in New Orleans. He's with the team. So that's going to help. That's going to help his publicity. And of course, you know, just looking like the good teammate. Yeah. Um, magic Pelicans tonight from the Smoothie King Center, seven o'clock tip. Um, 
Tell me about the Magic. What do they have? Well, they're a young team, right? Yeah. They, they're the first team with 50 losses this season, so they're one yeah. of the worst. But they've got a bright future, I think, right? They, they landed Cole Anthony in last year's draft. He looks like a legitimate rotation guard in this league, right? He's their leading scorer. But I'm really – I love Franz Wagner. That's somebody I think okay. I talked on your show and everybody else's show all last season up up towards the draft, and he, he's panning out. He's looking like he's going to be legitimate forward who can do everything on both sides of the ball. And they've also got Jalen Suggs from that draft. So they've got a whole bunch of young guys, right? They still got Wendell Carter, who they got mm-hmm. in a trade, yeah. right, uh, for Vucevic with Chicago. Mo Bamba. And he'll look, they haven't – Markel Fultz has just played four games this year, and they haven't even seen Jonathan Isaac. So – it's a young team that just needs to be healthy and get on the court. And, you know, there might be a future there. 16 and 50 overall. Um, is this a game that the Pelicans hold Brandon Ingram back again? Do they feel comfortable enough? But in the NBA, I mean, you, you never can get comfortable because I see all these lower seeded teams beat the hierarchy night in and night out. So um, you, you got to win this game, man. You got to. Yeah, Houston just knocked off the Grizzlies before the Grizzlies dismantled Crazy. the Pelicans. Yeah. yeah, the Pelicans have already faced Orlando. They only beat them by six. And we already know that Brandon Ingram's not going to play tonight. But look, they, they should have more than enough firepower. And they, if they get back to that defense that we saw in the first four games out of the All-Star break, they'll be just fine. Because like I said, Orlando's just a team of young parts. They're not playing as a, you know, a veteran unit, unlike the Pelicans, who showed really great stuff up until, uh, what was it, Tuesday's loss uh, to the Memphis Grizzlies. Pels are 15 and 17 at home, a chance to, on this stretch, to get it even, Steven, and maybe even get above that old Mendoza line. That would be that would be terrific. Pelican schedule from here to the end uh, as compared to the Lakers. They're much better, much more advantageous schedule than the Lakers, right? Easily. The Lakers have the second toughest. As to where the Pelicans right now, there's this stretch coming up, it's not just this four-game homestand, but three of the next 15 opponents are the only ones above 500. So that means, right, 12 of the next 15 are under 500. So they've got to take advantage of this stretch. Lakers, they got all these difficult matchups left. And like I said, I don't see a scenario where the Pelicans don't jump ahead of them once the season's over when the playing tournament starts. Is it unfair to give the MVP of the Pelicans to a guy that came in on a trade at – after the all-star break i'll be right before the all-star break because i mean mccullough's playing just unbelievably well his numbers have been incredible (laughs) i mean we didn't see those numbers really in portland i know he started last season really hot then he got injured but playing next to damian lillard he never got to shine like he is now right Right. he's almost averaging 27 points a game in 11 games with the pels and the shooting percentage have been outstanding he's been a better playmaker than i think a lot of people he could be so I, hey, you could possibly give him my vote. I mean, it's tough to overlook B.I. because he's had to do it alone. And Herb Jones has been a heck of a find and defensive stalwart. But, yeah, McCollum deserves Man. just as much acclaim, even though he's only been here a short while. I'm giving it to McCollum. I haven't seen a guard like that ever for the Pelicans, Hornets slash Pelicans. Uh, haven't seen it. He, he needs a bucket. Whenever they need one, he gets to wherever he needs to get, and he puts it in the hole, man. And that, They've never had that. No, when Memphis was running up the score early on the Pelicans, guess what? CJ had no problems getting his point. That's right. I mean, That's he right. had 16 in the first quarter, 25, I want to say, at halftime. He's a he's a bucket. He, he's incredible to watch. You're right. I don't think the Pels have ever had a guard with his shooting capabilities. Never. 
I yeah, promise you. When, you when when Memphis had 77 at the half, I went, oh, Lord, this uh, just just their night. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. Got to get a W tonight, big guy. Let's go uh, flock up against the magic. Let's see what happens. But uh, thank you for your time, man. Take it easy. Absolutely. Let's see the start of a new win streak. Yes, indeed. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. Thank you, my man. Uh, the game, Definitely Southwest good. Louisiana Sports Station, wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish brawl, brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish and pot, a burner, ice chest, tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astros game. My goodness. Sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. I've been reading these kind of things for years now. I don't think I've ever read one with more stuff in it than this. Man, you got to sign up. You got to get in the game. All right. Uh, when we return, it's Wednesday. It's time for a little Wellness and Fitness Wednesday with Courtney. Courtney Peliquin give you tips on how to become the best you that you can be. When we return, the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Jordy Holberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? You just wash the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time and you can hit my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holberg and the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back at 49 minutes after the hour. Time to get your fitness on. Wellness and Fitness Wednesday with the Energizer Bunny herself, Courtney Peliquin with Anytime Fitness in Scott and in Bro Breaks to get you started becoming the best you you possibly can become. Good afternoon, Courtney. How well, you hello, Jordy. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. Okay, so we introduced you to the masses last week. Now we've got to get started. So how do we get started and keep this enthusiasm so we can get ourselves fit, feeling good about ourselves and our futures? Yeah, so that's a loaded question. There's so much, but I would say to begin, the easiest thing to do is start out with a pantry and freezer clean out. Okay. Go into your pantry, go into your freezer, get rid of everything that you know is not good for you. You know the term um, out of sight, out of mind. Yes. If you don't see that in your face, if you don't see all these bad uh, things that you shouldn't be eating, then you're not going to be tempted to eat them. So do a clean out, get rid of all that junk and start fresh. So that's usually the first step that we suggest. Okay, so you get rid of the junk. What should you replace the junk with? That's a loaded question again. Um, uh, so definitely, like we said last week, whole foods, you know, whole ingredients, um, nothing that sit, says artificial on it. Like always look at the ingredients. You want to stay okay. from anything artificial. Okay. Um, and then another thing that really can make a huge difference in people's lives that they don't even realize, drink water, replace everything that you're consuming, the the juices that you think are good for you, um, drink a lot of water. That that will also help you feel okay. cool and yeah. So okay, now that's that's easy to say for you and, and you look great. Obviously you do, 
Uh, I can't drink water all day long. It drives me crazy. I can't do it. How about like unsweet tea or flavored water? What is it? Can we well, do okay. that? Yeah. So I drink a lot of um, uh, water with natural flavors, okay. uh, carbonated water. So okay. the carbonation kind of helps keep me full. And then you have a little bit of flavor. So you're not drinking that soda, but um, you still have a little bit of flavor in there. And um, yeah, a lot of people have a hard time with water all day. So I would recommend and look at the ingredients, make sure there's okay. no sugar, no sodium. Is that one of those uh, urban myths that you got to drink 64 ounces of water a day? Is that is that part of the plan? Look, I, I'm not a certified nutritionist, so I'm not going to give um, advice on that. But I mean, the more water, the better. Okay. And a lot of people, they they feel like they're hungry and really they just, they're dehydrated. They just need okay. to get water. So. Okay. Now down the road, you're going to give us some, some wonderful recipes of, of yes. things that will make our lives a lot easier along these lines. But, but once we, once we do the, the purge of the fridge and the pantry and we replace with the natural ingredients and we drink water, we got to get in the gym. All right. We got to get yeah. in there. And I'm always like gung ho the first day and I overdo it and I'm sore for three weeks. Okay. Well, you know what? That's what's good about having um, a gym that has a, a personal trainer in there. Okay. that can give you some advice. You can, so when you come to my gym, you get as, as a new member, you get an automatic free, um, nice. what we call a fitness consult. Okay. And you go over your goals and you do a few little exercises to see where you are. And um, we give you some guidance. So that really helps people to not just go all in and, uh, you know, so, yeah. And you got to work the entire body, right? You can't, you can't be the guy and just want to have the big chest and the, you got to work. Absolutely. You want to be proportioned for sure. Right. And and your core, how, how valuable is the term core to everything? Okay. So the core is super important. Um, That also goes along with the whole uh, like, uh, chiropractic world, you're, as long as your core is strong, that helps people with a lot of pain also, yeah. you know, like back pain. And, um, yeah, your core is really the most important thing. And a lot of the functional movements that we do here, even though you don't, you're not doing like specific ab exercises, you're working, you're, you're having to use your core, uh, and engage it to do these other exercises. So yeah, it's very important for your your spine. The strong core, uh, yeah. everything else kind of goes along with it. I'm yeah. curious because we have a lot of um, parents that listen to the show that have children that are budding athletes. When should a kid start getting into a weight room and start doing these type of things? That's a great question. Um, there's no specific answer for that. My girl, I have two little girls uh, mm-hmm. right now. They're almost six and nine they've been, they've watched me work out their whole life and they've had, they had their little three pound weights and they're watching me do my thing and they're holding their weights and, you know, kind of playing around with it more so, but they're understanding, they're growing to learn the importance of taking care of your body and uh, fitness. And so there's really no um, specific age. Okay. Uh, Courtney Peliquin uh, with Anytime Fitness in Scott and in Brobridge, we call it our, uh, wellness and fitness Wednesday. We may do it on a Friday. We may do this twice a week. We'll see. Um, but with anything else, before we get into specifics, you got to have a goal in mind, right? You've got to have a plan in place and you've got to have that determination to stick with it or else it's, it's like a new year's resolution. It's here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I say join a gym. 
so many people have the excuse, um, well, I don't have time. Well, anytime fitness is 24 seven, so you can find the time and you need that accountability. Some people are just, they don't have the motivation and uh, the accountability to just do it on their own. Mm -hmm. And even myself, like I've been into fitness and exercise my whole life. And I just hired my employee, Benjamin Pena, and he's training me and it's really making a difference just to have that accountability. Okay. Give me or give our listeners one goal that they should try to accomplish between now and the next time we meet here on the Jordy Helpert Show? I would say um, try to cut back on all sodas, drink some water, start cooking your own food, like know what's in your food and avoid fast food at any cost, avoid yeah. fast food. Okay. So cook in bulk, like that's what I do. I cook in bulk and that way I ha- always have something available. You know, I used to do that uh that 100 push-up a day challenge. And I would do 10 at a time. And then then I built up to 20. Then I got to 25. And I did that for a while. But that was a goal for me. Um, So we're going to eat the right foods. What should someone do quickly um, to get there, you know, to feel good about themselves? Should they get on a treadmill? Should they get out and walk? Should they, what should they do? There's so many different things. It depends on your conditions. And, you know, we always ask people, do you have any, um, do you have any knee problems? And, yeah. you know, do that's why we do a fitness assessment to okay. see where they are, what they're capable of, because we don't want them to hurt themselves. So, yeah, I mean, get just get moving, go outside and play with your kids and there throw a go. ball and, you know, like, yeah. All right, give, give them your phone number so they can get in touch with you and they can learn more about this and, and, and how they, you know, your website and all that fun stuff. Okay, yeah, so I can be reached at uh, 337-523-7390. Facebook, Courtney LaFleur Peliquin. Courtney, thank you. We'll get back in touch with you. Have a great day, all right? Absolutely, y'all too. Thanks for having me. Our number one's in the books. Our number two straight ahead. The Jordy Helper Show. Stay with us. Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holberg. Hour two of two, and away we go on this Wednesday, March the 9th, the year 2022. Headlines, LSU receives its notice of allegations from the NCAA regarding Will Wade and the men's basketball tournament on the eve of their playing in the... Um, SEC basketball tournament in Tampa, where they'll take on the winner of Ole Miss and Missouri, who play today. Carson Wentz being traded from the Indianapolis Colts to the Washington Commanders. It still takes me a while to figure that one out. Um, and so much more going on. But golf, through the midst of everything, the Major League Baseball uh, deadlock and basketball and the Pelicans trying to make it into the playoffs Golf takes center stage with a couple of big things that are happening. And we'll delve into that with our good friend, Alex Myers from Golf Digest. It's a big week for golf, Alex. Good afternoon, sir. Hey, good afternoon, Jordy. It it certainly is a big week. You know, they always talk about whether the players is 
the fifth major or not, but uh, it, it certainly feels like a major. It's been a while, obviously, since uh, the British Open, and, and we're, we're, we're certainly excited to have a big event on tap this week. That starts tomorrow, but tonight is a pretty significant night as Tiger Woods will be inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame by his 14-year-old daughter, Sam. This is a guy that didn't leave an impression on on the game. He changed it um, inside and outside the ropes. Um, He he did everything. He he made golf cool is about the best way I can say it. your thoughts of, of and, and so many so many other like in football and basketball you can't get into the Hall of Fame until you're you're done you're retired golf does it a different way I kind of like that yeah it, it is interesting because on one hand it feels like this is the the capper on on an incredible career but on the other hand you think man I, I hope he's still got some more in the tank I hope he can come right. back uh, you know from the car injury and the, the back injury and, and, and everything else but. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to put into words, obviously, what, what Tiger has done since, you know, turning pro at the end of 1996. I mean, just you, you look at the uh, where the PGA Tour was then versus where it is now. Uh, you know, you have to even wonder if, if talks of a rival league or anything back then would have even been a big story. I mean, nobody would have even cared about golf back right. then. And uh, he, he really raised the uh, the profile of the sport obviously raised the purses to incredible highs. I mean, this week alone, it's a $20 million purse, 3.6 million to the winner. It's by far the biggest in golf, bigger than all the majors. Um, And again, it's all, it all started with Tiger bursting onto the scene there and, you know, revolutionizing uh, the game and, and, and bringing a whole new fans and everything else to it. And certainly obviously that, that, Masters win in 1997. This is the 25th anniversary of that uh, historic win that did so much as well. So, yeah, it's really cool to see him go into the Hall of Fame. You know, golf's funny because for a while, guys were getting in kind of in their early 40s, like Phil and, and BJ. Then they kind of changed it. And then everybody said, whoa, 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 now you changed it, right? When Tiger's about to get in the Hall, we got to change this back. So they changed it back to where guys could get in now. So um, he, he's, he's getting in tonight, and it's, it's going to be great to see his daughter, as you mentioned, uh, do the introduction for him as well. That's a very nice touch. That's awesome. Uh, Alex Myers, Golf Digest. You mentioned Phil Mickelson. Is he having a midlife crisis? What's going on with him? <laughs> what is it? Question. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think Phil has Phil certainly had some little – PR mishaps throughout his career, but but as he's always been able to kind of talk his way out of it, and this one just doesn't seem like that's happened. Obviously, he's been dropped by a few sponsors already. Um, you know, Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour commissioner, wouldn't say that Phil has been suspended, but if you read between the lines, it certainly appears that way. He took a break away from the game, something he's never done. Um, he, we don't know when he's going to come back. He's not playing this week at the, the tour's flagship event, so that leads you to think that he's definitely being put in, in a timeout. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's unfortunate because all the things we just we just talked about with what Tiger did to the game and raised how much money these guys made and everything else. Phil's been one of the people who's talked about that his entire career, given thanks to Tiger, praised him, and yeah. and kind of seemed like he recognized all that. I mean, he's been, the other than Tiger, the biggest beneficiary of all that. He's made so much money. I mean, there were many years where he was the number two paid athlete yes. in the world behind Tiger. And yes. now you get to the end of the career where 
finally it's starting to dry up a little. And now he's going for this, you know, huge cash grab um, with the new potential league, Super Golf League, backed by, by you know, Saudi Arabia. So it's it's unfortunate the way it's, it's shaped. I mean, part of me thinks it's his last, you know, he, he wants to remain relevant somehow, and that was kind of how he did it. On the other hand, though, this is a guy who won a major championship last year, so he obviously yes. still has some games. So it's too bad uh, that the hit he's taken um, with the recent comments that he made. I don't get it. He's 51 years young. I just don't understand it. You know what? I, mean, I try to follow golf. When did they start giving out this popularity prize? Tiger yeah. won $8 yeah. billion for being the most yeah. popular player? When did that start? Yeah, last year. I mean, the player impact program. And and what's so funny about that is the PGA Tour didn't want that to get out. That was clearly kind of a bone they were tossing to uh, their top guys who because they were anticipating that some guys might be thinking about going to the other tour, taking some of this guaranteed money. You know, we've heard reports of some of the, the money being tossed around, uh, $135 million to Bryson DeChambeau, of, you know, $40 million to a guy like Ian Poulter. I mean, so there's a lot of money being thrown around potentially at these guys. So the, the tour said, okay, we'll, we'll throw some money at, at our big guys too. So they put that, that extra $40 million pot out, $8 million to the winner, I think $3 million to 10th place. And uh, it basically just kind of rewarded some of the, the big names. I mean, they have some formula, but it, it obviously rewards the guys who are in the news the most, who draw the most attention. And in a way, it is overdue, because if you think about all the other sports, obviously there's a reason why, you know, a LeBron James makes as much money as he does. He's putting the fans in the seats. Well, Tiger right. and Phil have been putting fans in the seats or fans right. in the crowd, whatever you want to say. They're walking around to golf tournaments for, for three decades, and they never really got anything extra for that. They still were just playing for what the tournament prizes were. Now, clearly they get sponsorship money and everything else, but, but from the tour itself, they weren't. So this was a way to kind of give back to that. I think Phil thought it was coming a little too late in his career. Tiger probably thinks the same thing, but look, when you've made as much money as he has, um, he's, he's okay with it. But yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing that these two guys, Tiger didn't hit a single shot last year. Uh, Phil is in his 50s. They finished 1-2. Uh, the tour didn't even want to release the results here, but Phil kind of came out and said he won, and now it comes out that he didn't win. Tiger beat him, so it becomes this whole other story, and now the tour is releasing the results, so it's kind of a bit of a mess on their part, but um, yeah, it, it's just a way to give these guys at the top a little extra, and I know some people disagree with that, but again, you could argue that they, they should have been getting maybe something a little extra this whole time. Um, if they had put the late Arnold Palmer in contention, I'm, I'm here to tell yeah. you, Arnie may have won the whole thing again. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, hear how much his his estate still makes every year, uh, just with uh, you know the deal with Arizona, iced tea, and everything else. No. You're right. I mean, it, it, when you look at the names who did it, it is kind of essentially the guys who you know the most casual of golf fan would have heard of. I mean, even Bubba yes. Watson finished tenth. Bubba Watson really isn't an elite player anymore, but he's still a recognizable name, a recognizable figure. And, you know, some of the young stars, Colin Morikawa came out and kind of joked about it, but he finished 11th. He didn't get a dime. And this is a guy who won the British Open last year. He's climbed to number two in the world about as fast as anyone in history. And he didn't get any of this extra bonus money. So it's, it's, 
you know, it's interesting. They'll, I'm sure they'll tweak it as like the FedEx Cup has been tweaked. Um, but yeah, it was definitely kind of, definitely in response to this new potential rival league. Just tell Morikawa, give him my phone number, tell him to come on my radio show. We'll get him up there next year. <laughs> yeah, we'll you'll get him, him up there, Alex no, Myers. Don't sure. digest. Okay. Of all the iconic courses and all the, your favorite, Amen Corner and this, that, and the other, is there a more signature hole than the island green at the stadium course at TPC Sawgrass? Is there anything better? Well, I mean, yeah, it, it, exactly. It depends how you look at it. I mean, I know the golf purists will 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 scoff at that, um, and and certainly I'm not. I wouldn't say it's a better hole than the 12th at Augusta or you know the road hole at St Andrews. But but in terms of a setting, man, it is tough to beat, Jordy. I mean, it, it was built. I mean, it's called the Stadium Course for a reason, and specifically yeah. that hole. You know, there's a bank all along that side where. It's basically on by Saturday afternoon. I mean, it really does look like a football stadium there. So it's it. an incredible setting, um, and there's no other hole at a you know a famous track like this or for a big tournament where the the margin is so severe. I mean, if you miss that green, obviously you're in the water. You're making at yeah. least a double probably, and we've seen guys go double digits uh, pretty easy there as well, lose a few balls. So. There's just so much pressure, and there's it's such a great setting that that you're right. It it, it certainly has become one of the, the most iconic spots um, got, in golf. And yeah, it's great. It's got to be the one spot. hole that players. It's got to be the one hole that players go. Oh, thank God, I'm done with that one. Right? It's got to be. Yeah, for sure, uh, for sure, Jordy. And and what's funny is it's usually a wedge for these guys. It, it shouldn't even be that hard of a shot. But again. The, you know, if you make one little mistake or if the wind kicks up here or there, um, you pay the ultimate price. So you're right. It, it, it's not one they're trying to make a, a birdie on, really. They just, just they would all sign up for four threes right now, for sure, <laughs> at the beginning of the week. And, and I'll tell you what, Saturday, the weather forecast looks terrible, and the mm. winds are going to pick up. And, oh, boy, it might not be a wedge that day, Jordy. It might be a seven-iron or a who knows. I mean, and that's that's going to really be interesting to watch. And, you know, we've seen some some carnage these last couple of weeks in the yeah. Florida tournaments, the Bay Hill, and obviously at the Honda Classic. And it's different than, you know, these West Coast events. The weather was perfect. The guys were shooting 20-something under par. And now you get to Florida, and you get a little more wind, and, you know, the courses are a little more dry and, uh, you get a water lurking on almost every hole, and, and certainly there's uh, now with the extra winds this week, we could see some uh, some interesting stuff for sure. So that it, it's going to be some serious pressure when you stand on the tee at 17 this week. Alex Myers, Golf Digest. They say that um, this course, the stadium course, doesn't favor a certain player's game. That's why you have Tiger Woods winning it and some guy named Tim Clark, Rory McIlroy, and my boy <laughs> Fred Funk or Justin Thomas and some cat I've never heard of, Stephen Ames. So uh, you're looking at this. You're right. you got the best players in yeah. the world here, except for Bryson DeChambeau, who says he's still not ready to come back yet. Um, right. Handicap this thing for who do you like? Yeah, it's funny. It's it's one of those weeks where it's tough to like anybody, but it's also tough to not like anybody. I mean, you just look at the board and you say, "Hey, they, I like that guy's got a chance." And and because you know, you mentioned other than Bryson being out, that the field is just so stacked. It's the best field every year. Um, you, you're actually seeing some of these guys 
with odds that are more enticing than you see other weeks because because there's so many good players, you know, they kind of get bumped down the board. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. It's, it certainly doesn't seem to reward any kind of player in particular. I, I think what's good about it is it, it, it rewards maybe distance a little less than okay. most courses, and that's why it brings in so many players. I mean, you mentioned Tim Clark, uh, Fred Funk. Fred Funk, I think, was 48 years old. And he was never a long hitter, but when he was 48, he probably he barely was hitting at 250, and he won this tournament. So it's kind of it. cool that it gives you know more guys a chance, and and again, you're 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 kind of you know you're getting them some good odds on guys as well. So you know, for me, it's tough to to really play a favorite. I I, I guess if I had to pick one guy, I'd, I'd go with Colin Morikawa. Um, okay. You know, he made his debut last year. Nothing special, but we've seen how good he is at these other places. Um, Again, he, he's not a bomber. This course doesn't really necessarily reward bombing anyway. It's uh, more about iron play and, and uh, you know, not making mistakes with, with those approach shots. So he'd probably be the guy, you know, uh, that, I, that I would go with. But, but man, there's, there's a lot of guys down the board that I like their odds maybe a little yeah. better. Brooks Kepka, I'm seeing 40-1. to 1. I'm seeing Dustin Johnson somewhere in the 40-1. to 1. Guys wow. you never see... Um, you know, usually if they're even above twenty to one, that's crazy. So yeah. uh, they don't have great track records at this course. But like you mentioned, uh, as as much as we say it doesn't really benefit too many guys, there aren't too many guys who even have good track records here. So you know, you can go from missing the cut a couple of years in a row to to winning this event, or or you win mm-hmm. you win this event, then you miss the cut the next couple times. So I don't really even look at the track record here as much. I just know okay. those guys like Dustin Johnson and Brooks Koepka can obviously win big-time events. This is a big-time event, and I think they're, they are the, probably the best value picks out there if you can see them at, at, in the 40-to-1 range. All right, I know you can't get me on to Augusta to watch a tournament with you, so let's. how about you and I go to Arizona to that course when they make the hole-in-one, everybody's drinking <laughs> beer and throwing beer cans on the green. That's where I want to go. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Jordy. I, that looks amazing. I've never gotten out there myself either. I, that's that's a bucket list type thing. I mean, it it almost be better to not get a work trip. You know, almost have a buddy's yes. golf trip out there and get over to the yes. tournament that Saturday and just take it all in. Because yeah, that is that's always been an incredible scene. But this year with the beer delays, I mean, where have you ever seen that before? And breaks out there pulling pulling the beers off the course. That was a wild scene, and uh, yeah, that, that's a that's a tremendous tournament. Um, good for them. It kind of you know stood out from the rest of the pack in terms of kind yeah. of the regular tournaments, and um, obviously leads into the Super Bowl. I wish they started a little earlier on Sunday, Jordy. I don't yes. want them cutting into the yes. Super Bowl anymore. It always goes to a playoff. But, uh, but other Al- than that, yeah, Alex, great, it, com- great it comes full circle. It comes full circle. Tiger Woods made golf cool. The Phoenix Open is cool. It's all working hand in hand. Enjoy the Players' Championship. Always great to catch up with you, my friend. Thank you. You got it, Jordy. Take care. Enjoy the golf yourself, man. See you. You got it, man. That's uh, that's my main man, Alex Myers. The toughest monster truck tour is coming to the Cajun Dome March 18th and 19th. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station wants to hook you up. With a family four-pack of tickets, text Bigfoot to 68683 for your chance to see the best monster trucks in the world, including the iconic Bigfoot. Once again, text Bigfoot to 68683 for your chance to score a family four-pack of tickets to the toughest monster truck tour at the Cajun Dome. Another quarterback change. We'll talk NFL with Chris Rose for glue. 
After this timeout, the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 9th, 1991, McNeese basketball legend and Detroit Pistons star Joe Dumars begins an NBA free throw streak of 62 straight games. The record would be broken in 1993 by Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf and then Michael Williams. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Time to shift gears to the NFL. We welcome in Chris Roseverglue, writer for the Spun SI Now and a Saints podcaster at Boot Crew Media. Chris, good afternoon, man. You've been busy these last couple of days? <laughs> Thank you for having me, Jordan. Yeah, it's been a little bit crazy. I feel like I can't even take, you know, 10 minutes off for a lunch break with the way things have been going on, but uh, it's, it's been really fun. Uh, All right, so we know Aaron Rodgers is going to be in Green Bay. We know Russell Wilson is moving from Seattle to Denver. Now we hear that uh, Carson Wentz is moving from Indianapolis to to Washington. The Giants are going to make a run at Mitch Trubisky. What are the Saints going to do at quarterback? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a million-dollar question. I think for the Saints, the the no-brainer would be to consider and strongly consider uh, re-signing Jameis Winston. It just makes a lot of sense when you think about the options that are out there, the familiarity with Pete Carmichael and his system. And I think even if they are to you know, re-sign Jameis Winston, I still wouldn't even rule out them considering drafting quarterback on day one or day two in April because I think, again, um, it remains a position of need. But I look around, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a fit for the Saints. I think he makes a lot more sense for a team like the Colts. Um, you know, the Mitch Trubisky hype seems to be reaching an all-time high, which is uh, a little bit odd to me, but I think teams like the Giants and teams like the Steelers might make a little bit more sense. So I think at the end of the day for the Saints, the smart money would be on Jameis Winston coming back. Will there be other teams, you think, getting into a bidding war for? I mean, if I'm Jameis Winston, I'm, pre- I'm feeling pretty good about myself. A lot of teams need a quarterback. The price keeps going up. Do you see another team getting back and forth with the Saints, kind of like a you raise your paddle at the auction? Yeah, you know, I thought that Washington would be a team that would definitely be a, I'd say, a bidder in this sweepstakes because they've been looking for a quarterback, but obviously the Carson Wentz trade takes them out of it. I think the real determining factor is how much are the Steelers willing to spend on a quarterback because I think Jameis Winston actually really fits the Steelers well. He actually, coming out of college, reminded me a little bit of Big Ben with that that bigger frame, strong arm, just kind of fit the same mold and playing style. And if they're willing to spend... I would say moderate dollars on a on a quarterback like James Winston. Maybe they could actually take him out of the Saints' price range. But I think when you look at teams like the Colts, who I'd imagine are going to be more involved in the trade market than free agency, and you look at teams like the Giants and teams like the Eagles, who seem I would say content with their subpar quarterback situations, I'm starting to think that the amount of teams that could push the Saints basically off the table, I think that's starting to dwindle. Now, now the Colts and Steelers still have the chance of doing that. But just think about all the teams that, that might have needed a quarterback a couple of days ago, like the Broncos, like the Washington Commanders. They're all of a sudden out. They're not at, they're not at the table. So I do think that the Saints are actually getting pretty fortunate here in that regard. But for every team that got a quarterback, that quarterback left the team. So Seattle needs a quarterback. Indianapolis needs a quarterback. Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. 
there's a lot of teams still out there, and I got a funny feeling that Jameis Winston might be on their list. I mean, he definitely should be. I think from the free agent market, he has, I would say, the safest floor with the highest ceiling because I think he definitely has more potential than a guy like a Teddy Bridgewater, more potential than a guy like uh, uh, Marcus Mariota. And then also on the flip side, there is that strong arm to him. And we did see with the Saints that he went from a gunslinger to a game manager. So there might be a coach out there, to your point, that doesn't have a quarterback that might be thinking to themselves, I can get the best of both worlds. I can get the limited turnovers with the big splash plays. And if they think that, then maybe they're willing to spend 20 maybe $25 million on Jameis Winston, whatever that price might be. Uh, I do think, though, that the market, I kind of have a weird sense Mitch Trubisky is going to be the, the, the top free agent there for some odd reason. I, I wish I could explain why, but there's just so much smoke around that situation. It seems yeah. too real to ignore. But to your point, Jordy, I do agree. Teams would be wise. If they don't have a quarterback, they're looking for maybe at the minimum a one-year stopgap. Jameis is a pretty good choice. Chris Rose, for Glue, kind enough to join us. Were you surprised the Saints didn't tag anybody? You know, I, I'm not surprised they didn't tag anyone, but I, I think when you look at the Marcus Williams situation, I thought it made sense to place the franchise tag on him because I, I think at this point, bearing some miraculous deal or Marcus Williams just loving the Saints so much that he's willing to give them a discount, I think he will kind of get out of their price range. I think he's such a good safety, and he, he's yeah. so young, and you can argue his best football is still ahead, which makes it even more intriguing. So I, I was really kind of confused as to why they weren't willing to slap the franchise tag on him and work out whatever cap problems this might cause because you are going to take on a $12 million cap hit. I'm surprised they didn't do that. As for Armstead, I'm, I'm not surprised they didn't tag him. There, there's dead money already involved there and a cap for this year, whether or not he's on the roster. So I, I'm sure they don't want to commit even more money to that cause if they can't work out a long-term deal. So I, I would say I'm partially surprised, but also not surprised. But it does open up a really interesting situation now because the Saints have two of, I would say, the 10 best free agents in this year's class going up to the open market on March 16th. And you need to replace it. Uh, can the Saints afford uh, to bring the prodigal son home, Teran Matthew, the honey badger from Kansas City? I mean, he went to St. Aug, uh, played at LSU, uh, has had a tremendous career. He's getting up there, but uh, you need you need you need some safeties. I, 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 I'm all for it. What do you say? You know, in a perfect world, it would be keeping Marcus Williams because of the, the youth and the experience right. in the system. But let's say he is gone. I, I do agree with you. You know, you, the argument that some people have made is, well, they're two different football players. And they are. Marcus is more of a rangy, safety, single high type of guy. And Tyron Matthew, you can move him in the box. You can play him in the slot. He's probably a little bit more versatile, I would say. And he still plays with that chip on his shoulder because that's what's made him great. And right. my argument would be, even if he is different and you have to adjust the system a tad, you're going to need good football players, which is what you alluded to. If you lose these guys, you need replacements in there, and you need to make sure that you have a team that's capable of contending. And I think Tyron Matthew, at the very least, would give the Saints another chess piece on their defense that Dennis Allen, Chris Richard, they can think about moving him wherever they want. Yeah, I think the interesting question would be, what would be the vision for Tyron Matthew? Would Tyron Matthew slide in and then use him in a free safety role like he did in Arizona? Or do they view him more as a strong safety and maybe he's actually a Malcolm Jenkins replacement and we just don't know it yet? That's yes. what I would be interested in. But I definitely think there's a lot of smoke around this, and I, and I think it is possible that Tyler Matthew would come back home. I think you hit the nail on the head with the uh, um, uh, 
uh, Malcolm situation. I, 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 I kind of see that one to be quite honest with you, but anyway, uh, Chris Rose with Lou, I'll, I'll leave you on this one. Um, Chris will be disappointed if the saints with the 18th pick in the first round, don't draft a what? I think it's got to be wide receiver. I, I think so many Saints fans are in on guys like Jamison Williams and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Traylon Burks, and the list goes on and on and on because this is yet another loaded wide receiver class. And I personally am not sold that they're going to take a wide receiver. I think they could go quarterback. I think they could go offensive tackle with a guy like Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. But I do think if they don't go wide receiver, you will see Saints fans really disappointed this offseason. <laughs> it'll be interesting. Dennis Allen a, is a defensive guy. Um, it'll be very interesting to see which direction he goes. Okay, so the starting quarterback for the Saints at the beginning of the 2022 season will be who? I'm still going to go Jameis Winston. I, I just okay. think that it makes too much sense. Um, if it's not Jameis Winston, though, my gut feeling would be a Teddy Bridgewater or a Kenny Pickett. But again, I, I still feel good about right now Jameis Winston being a starting quarterback. You're the best. Chris Rosevaglu with Boot Crew Media, SI Now, The Spun. You're a busy man. Come up for air because who's going to be the next quarterback to go? We'll see. Thank you for your time as always, Chris. Really enjoy it. Thank you for having me, Jordy. All right, buddy. You take care. Uh, the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House. We want you to be able to take your lady out for some delicious seafood, but you can only win that $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Com. We'll be back hump day with Huguenin after this timeout, the Jordy Hulpert show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. The Jordy Holberg show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back at 36 minutes after the hour. Eon, smarter body contouring, the first robotic touchless laser body contouring device for non-invasive permanent fat loss. Oh, yes, indeed. Eon is more effective than others. It's more efficient than others. And it's certainly more comfortable than others. Eon is smarter body contouring, and they can prove it. Go to Eon of Lafayette, soon to be Eon of Baton Rouge as well. Coming up in the spring, get that, uh, get that, uh, those hard to lose spots, get rid of it permanently. All right, it's Wednesday, hump day, let's do it. Uh oh, do you know what day it is? Huh? Anybody? It's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Mike, 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 what day is it, Mike? Here is hump day with Huguenin. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Michael, good afternoon, my friend. How are you? 
Doing well. Uh, watching Wake Forest uh, potentially choke away an NCAA game. I'm seeing it 70 to 70, and down the stretch we come. Um, you know, you've, you've, we've been doing this a long time, and you've worked for various and the sundry companies, but this on3.com is really good, man. You must be loving for, it. Yeah, the recruiting stuff is, is frankly incredible. The database is phenomenal. Um, you can go in there and get lost in, in, the, in the player database. For, for literally an hour or so and sort of lose track of time. Uh, work with Ivan Mazel, Eric Prisbel, Matt Zenit. So there's some good national folks yeah. as well. But um, this is a, yeah, this is a fun time of the year because you got uh, re- recruits are making a ton of visits because right. a lot more recruits are making early decisions um, because of the early signing period. You got the uh, NTA tournament selection show coming up Sunday. You got spring yeah. practice going on. So this yeah. is uh, there's a heck of a lot of stuff going on right now. That's all the stuff that's really the fun stuff. But if you're LSU, you got your notice of allegations. When you heard that um, involving Will Wade and the basketball and then football kind of clumped in there a little bit along the side of it, what, what was the first reaction from you? That it was five, five years after all this started. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's, that's the problem, I think, that most folks have with the NCAA. I know there's a lot of angst within the organization as well uh, as to why this stuff takes so long. And, you know, we've written a couple stories, Eric Prisbal has, on that there's definitely a movement afoot to change the NCAA enforcement process. Um, Because if you're LSU, um, the idea that this is happening five years after the fact, You've lived under a cloud for this long. Um, it, it's not fair to the current players. Um, it, it's it, it, the, the process takes too long, uh, and I think that was my my biggest takeaway. Five years after the fact, the NCA finally is is doing something. All right, so they send this notice of allegations five years after the start of this thing. They've got to have something, right? I mean, they, this has got to be bad. You would think so. Um, and, you know, there's going back to the FBI wiretaps. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, the, but then, you know, you look at Oklahoma State, what happened with Oklahoma State, and they were very upfront and admitted, okay, we did some, we did some stuff that probably wasn't smart. Um, and they got penalized for it. Uh, of the Big 12 tournament starts tonight, Oklahoma State's not in it. Um, so, and Oklahoma State, when all this stuff was announced, Mike Boynton, the coach, and the AD both came out and said, we shouldn't have, uh, reading between the lines, basically, we shouldn't have done anything that the NCAA wanted. We should have stonewalled and everything would have been fine. Um, so, but it, it is going to be interesting to see how all this unfolds. Uh, and if you're LSU, you, you, you basically said, we're on Will Wade's side, um, to an extent. Now, yes. they didn't do what Kansas did and give Bill Self a lifetime contract, but right. at the same time, Will Wade's still there, and you figure he has some support at the school. I, I would think the best thing for Will Wade is to make a deep, long run in the NCAA tournament, yes. and, and that far supersedes this. Winning trumps everything. Yes, and that's why Bill Self has a lifetime contract at Kansas. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's because Kansas, there's been rumors about Kansas and recruiting for a long time. Yeah. But they win. They win at a high level. Um, and Kansas sort of put its line in the sand and said, okay, um, we know the NCAA is looking at us. We're giving our coach a lifetime contract. 
<laughs> Michael Hugan at On3.com. Uh, North Carolina sure uh, put the dampers on a Duke celebration, didn't they? Yeah, and then Duke, the Duke players, it's an extremely young team. Um, the moment looked too big for some of those guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're a more talented team than North Carolina, um, but Duke didn't play very good defense. North Carolina had four guys score 20 points. Yeah. And that's in the NBA, that's a normal night in some respects. This is college ball. Um, and it is sort of amazing considering, especially when Duke played at Chapel Hill this year, they blew their doors in. And then they play at home in Krzyzewski's final game, all the emotion, um, all the buildup. And the Duke players to me look like, uh oh, this moment's too big for us, which makes yeah. you sort of wonder how some of these guys are going to handle the NCAA tournament. I'm with you. Mike Hugan and on3.com. All right, we've got the ACC tournament underway. We've got so many other tournaments playing their, their championship game uh, games, and the SEC begins today. So let's let's get your thoughts on the, there's a there's a doubleheader today, the, the bottom of the barrel uh, in the league. Uh, Ole Miss takes on Missouri. That's a 13 versus a 12. Who do you like? Uh, man, those are bad teams. I, yes. I think Ole Miss is a little bit better, uh, and I think Vandy beats Georgia. Um, the interesting thing to me about the about the SEC that, that there's six locks from the SEC going to the NCAA tournament. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure there's really the, the, the two bubble teams are Florida and Texas A&M. They play each other tomorrow, right. um, but both have a lot of work to do. Um, the the SEC was top heavy this year, and it was top heavy with really good teams because I think going into the SEC tournament. If you're Auburn and you're Kentucky, you're thinking, if I win my league tournament, I can be a number one seed. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wonder what, you know, if Tennessee can be a number one seed. I think they could just clearly and distinctly be a number two. Arkansas is playing pretty good basketball. Um, but this is an extremely top-heavy league. But the, the bad teams are, are not very good. LSU would play the winner. And you, you've got Ole Miss uh, beating Missouri. Uh, I think LSU wins that one and advances yeah. to Friday to take on Arkansas, a team they should have beat earlier, but uh, they gave it away at the end. Yeah, and Arkansas is, you know, that's a scrappy bunch. Um, they play extremely hard. Um, Note is a really good player. Um, uh, to me, they're better defensively than they are offensively. If you take care of the ball and make them play 30 seconds of defense, that's fine. Don't don't give them any you know easy easy run outs or anything like that because I think they can struggle in the half court though. JT Note is a, is a really good offensive player. That's going to be a yeah. tough matchup for anybody because Arkansas is a good team. So uh, to me, uh-huh. LSU wins one game and then loses to Arkansas. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, you know, you mentioned a lot of people. Uh, yeah, you know, back to this. Um, notice of allegations, and, and there's got to be a reason why um, the NCAA would not allow football to be judged separately from basketball. I think just between you and me, I think they've got something against Will Wade, and I think that I think they're going to LSU and say, "Look, um, if you do this, we'll let the football thing." You know, we'll, we'll dust that under the rug. That's just the impression I get. Is that is that far fetched? I, I don't know how far fetched that is, but I, I, it, it is sort of interesting that everything was lumped together. Um, and, and talking to other people, you're like, their thing was, you know, will this be a failure? Um, uh, the the whole 
athletic department and failure to monitor kind of thing. It, but it, it, it is sort of, you know, if you're, if you're an LSU fan, you're gritting your teeth outside, though. It's sort of fascinating in a way because, again, yeah. this has been such a long process. Yes. Yes, and that's yes. the thing that who knows? That's the thing that makes I think any all this is guesswork because it has taken so long for us to get to this point. I know what I wanted to ask you. It just dawned on me. Uh, what did you think of former Arizona State quarterback Jaden Daniels showing up in Baton Rouge? Yeah, I think you know Jaden Daniels. To me, he had a, he had a really good freshman season to the point where I'm thinking, okay. Uh, by the time this guy's done with his career, he'll, he'll be an NFL guy. He'll, he'll play three years of college ball and then be a first three-round pick, and he'll contend for all Pac-12 honors because he's going to get a lot better after his freshman season. The problem with him, he hasn't gotten much better. Um, he's still, unde- I would argue, undeveloped as a passer. Now, they've been a run-oriented team, and he was really good last season, especially with dumping the ball off to his running backs. But you, you didn't see much downfield throws from this guy. Um, really good athlete. Um, yeah, he's, I think he's a heady player. Um, it, it is interesting. And my first thought when I saw that he was going to LSU is maybe they're not sure Miles Brennan's 100% healthy. Um, because I think that Jaden Daniels can be a winning quarterback in the SEC if he's surrounded by some pretty solid talent. Again, Arizona State had good running backs last year. The offensive line wasn't anything special, and the receiving core was not good. Um, but that was a, that's an interesting transfer. And I figure also you're bringing in Jaden Daniels. He's not transferring somewhere to sit on the bench. He's transferring right. somewhere to play. Right. Right. Does, does Miles Brennan go back into the transfer portal again? That's an interesting question, too. But, again, I think if – what you saw Jaden Daniels as a freshman, this kid can play high-level football. He has sort of plateaued. The question is, is that him or was that the coaching? Uh, I tend to think it was more the coaching. Um, that, that's a program that's been in a lot of turmoil the last 18 months. Um, but, you know, that, to me, that's an underrated pickup. Um, you know, yeah. I know JT Daniels is still in the transfer portal. Uh, I think Jaden Daniels is better than JT Daniels. I do, too. And, and one thing's for sure uh, he's got some good wide receivers to throw to at LSU. Yes. That's never been a problem. Vastly right. different than he had at Arizona State. He is a threat with his legs, which which is an added element. And he started a lot of games. I mean, this dude's experienced. And I know people make, oh, my God, it's the Pac-12. That's not a very good league. Uh, so what? He started a lot of games at a Power 5 school. Um, has had pockets of success. Um, and he played, you know, Arizona State last year won eight games. Um, they were a heavily penalized team. Um, Should have won, I think, nine, maybe even ten. So he, he, he is a good quarterback, and with better surrounding talent at wideout, this kid could be a very interesting quarterback. If you had to handicap it now, uh, knowing what you've seen from a Miles Brennan, and you've got Garrett I think Nussmeier, Daniels who's a red- start. I think he will start. I think Jaden Daniels. Again, I don't think he enters the transfer portal, I given agree. how far advanced he is in his career, to go somewhere and sit. All right, so we'll find out who's in the field of 68 on Sunday. How many legit championship contending teams do you um, are you going to hang your hat on this year? I think there's a, I used you know a couple of weeks ago I was thinking there's about 12 or 13. I think there's about eight um, because I think I think Arizona um, if Gonzaga does everything well they can. 
I think Auburn and Kentucky are. I think Kansas and Baylor are. Um, I think Duke can be. Um, I think Purdue can be. Um, it, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a wild NCAA tournament. Looking forward to it. I, I think there's a lot of parity throughout, not only at the top, but all the way through the field. Yes, there's a lot of garbage at the bottom, like there is every single season. Sure. But, you know, there's going to be if, – if, if there's a sixth seed that makes the Final Four, I don't think anybody needs to be surprised by that. I'm with you. Michael Huguenin on 3.com. You're the best, man. Enjoy, uh, enjoy all the conference championship games. It's a yeah. fun time of the year, man. Yeah, there's a lot of – I think tomorrow there's like 40 games on TV. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll Take care, man. We'll talk to you. Can, so. we'll talk to you next week. Excellent. Thank you, sir. All right, Michael Huguenin on three dot com. Here it is. Listen to it. Blue It's that. Tune in next week to the Jordy Holbert Show for Hump Day with Huguenin here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And in conjunction with that, are you ready to feel the excitement of the conference championships like never before? Turn your team's victory into your own big win with DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top rated sportsbook apps. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. So if they win, you win with promo code 1037GAME this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, availability varies by parish, eligibility restrictions apply, minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner, Gold and Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Back to wrap it up next. Hey, 54 minutes after the hour, time to wrap this baby up. Brought to you today by ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets where they're dedicated to a simple mission, serving the community and seeing their customers leave with a smile on their face. Whether your needs are fresh food, fuel, top shelf wines or spirits, or just a quick pit stop, ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets look forward to serving you with spacious stores filled with Louisiana products, modern, clean, and comfortable restrooms, and delicious food that's always fresh and always fast. And with the ability to save with awesome deals, if you become a Buku Rewards member, oh, you can save in the store, you can save at the pump, you can save everywhere. If you can't shop right at ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets, you just can't shop right at all. If today is your birthday, March the 9th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Mike Leach, head coach at Mississippi State, is 61 years old today. The Boz, Brian Bosworth, celebrating his 57th birthday. And Chris Jackson, also known now as Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. Happy birthday, big fella. He is 53 years young today. Could he flat out shoot it? 
Uh, special thanks, Scott Rabelais, Ali Cassell, Courtney Pelliquin, Alex Myers, Chris Rose-McGlue, Mike Huguenin. We're off tomorrow. LSU hoops here on 103.7 The Game, uh, Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. So maybe, maybe if they win, we're off Friday too, so we don't know. Anyway, until next time, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy, my friends. And by all means, let's all be happy, my friends. Talk to you soon. So long, everybody.